Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I'm your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing. All right, guys, we got another Notre Dame win in the books, moving us to six and one on the season. And this win came at the hands of our hated rivals, the USC Trojans. It was a great Saturday night. I know a lot of you guys were there. Some of which are still recovering. Shout out to Always Irish. Hope your voice recovers. We'll talk about some of the reasons why you don't have a voice. That'll that'll happen. Uh, it was it was a fun Saturday night. Uh, we enjoyed it. We loved it. Um, before I talk about that game, you know, we got to watch. Or again, if you were at the stadium, maybe not. But I was home. I got to watch some college football leading up to our game, and and the whole week. It was crazy. It started Wednesday with Appalachian State beating Coastal Carolina. And Col- Coastal was one of those, you know, potentially dark horse, like New Year's Six type of teams. But, you know, uh, it didn't happen for them. It didn't. But you just go through the day. Cincinnati struggled with Navy. They beat Navy by seven. And, you know, I, I think if we played Cincinnati again, we'd win. Based on, which I will talk about, Based on what we saw on Saturday from Notre Dame's offense, I think we'd beat them again. Uh, Oklahoma was losing to Kansas for a lot of the game. In fact, it was 10-0 at the half. Um, It took them a fourth down conversion with like four minutes to go in the game where Caleb Williams rips the ball from his running back for for them to kind of secure the win. Because it was 28-23, they, he strips the ball, they get the first down, they end up winning 35-23. Um, what have... Uh, Illinois, <laughs> Illinois and Penn State play, played the pillow fight of the year. Nine overtimes and 20 points total scored. Now I get that after the third, or starting at the third overtime, each score is only worth two points apiece, but still, holy smokes. Um... Wisconsin exposed Purdue, unfortunately. But we beat both those teams, so I don't know if that means anything, strength of schedule-wise or whatever. Yeah, Iowa State won a game, but how good was Oklahoma State? I don't know. I think Iowa State still, they're in the ilk of North Carolina, incredibly overrated, but not as much so. And that That's soon to come. Strap in for that, guys. My North Carolina preview episode should be a dandy. Uh, just going through, man, it was crazy. The Oregon-UCLA was a close game. Um, what am I missing? Uh, Pittsburgh uh, beat Clemson pretty good this time. Uh, Clemson, unfortunately, just, I don't know what happened, you know, and 
the ACC just is, isn't very good this year, despite Wake Forest putting up 70 and Pittsburgh beating Clemson. You know, the one team that might look more legitimate than the others just lost to Miami. So, you know, who knows what's going on. And then Ohio State just blew Indiana out of the freaking gym. Or not a gym, it's not basketball, but they ran them off the field. And that doesn't make Cincinnati look good, by the way. At the end of this season, I I feel bad if Cincinnati goes undefeated. I There's going to be a find a way to not be in the Final Four. And it's going to suck, but people probably point to the fact that they were down 14 to Indiana and had to come back, and it was a close game, and Ohio State was winning 44-7 to at the half, I believe the score was. So, anyway, crazy day of college football. Again, we've seen so much of it this season. But we didn't really have that much dramatics in our game. So, there's my college football rundown. Let's get into the Notre Dame-USC recap. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. So, first thing... I want to talk about is not the obvious, which would be the offense. I want to talk about the defense because like the last how many ever games, that's going to be quick. Our, our defense has it figured out. Um, they look good again. I say they look good. They did. They look good. We held USC to 16 points after they're averaging 32 points per game coming in. It looked great. <laughs> no complaints at the end result. In the moment, I just I question how we were guarding Drake London. I put it on Twitter. Dude was on pace for like 22 catches and like 250 yards through a quarter and a half of football. And people were like, well... What are you supposed to do? He's the best receiver on the team. He's the, he's that. I'm like, I'm not saying you're going to stop him uh, from putting up good numbers. Nobody's been able to do it. But what I didn't like about what Notre Dame was doing was we were making it too easy for him to get the football. He's obviously elusive. He was breaking tackles. He was doing a lot of good things once he had the ball in his hands. And can we make it just a little difficult? We're giving him 10 yards of cushion. All they do is pitch it out to him. It was free yards. Now, obviously, it didn't burn us. But I didn't like that we played with that much fire with that guy. It, it could have burned us. It could have burned us in the last play of the first half. If Keenan Slovis, which I don't know why he wasn't looking at Drake London, if he looks at him, that's a touchdown. He was open from the jump. Slovis was still in the pocket. London was running a kind of a skinny post with nobody over the top. I don't know how you're not throwing that ball there. And then they embarrassed themselves even further by mismanaging that clock so bad. So bad. If you're ever going to clock a ball, shotgun, as Drew Brees pointed out, is not the way to do that. I think Drew Brees was more mad than the USC coaching staff. That was kind of funny to me. (laughs) Brees was pissed about how they ended that half, which was fine with me. I'm just throwing that out there that was I had no issues with how they ended that half that was well executed a gold star gold star there you know but we then uh Ingram 
Ingram had it. Keontae Ingram, I think is how you say it. He played great too. But at the end of the day, it was a very bend but don't break situation. We obviously had the huge Bauer interception, which kudos to uh, MTA for forcing that. Between MTA and Foskey, our D-line is good, guys. They're good. We we were pressuring Slovis all night. Um, I don't know how many sacks we ended up getting on him, but we were on him all night, and that that's exactly what we're going to have to do. Fast forward to next week. Uh, just look at three sacks. We had three sacks on Slovis. And uh, we'll talk about North Carolina, UNC. We go from USC to UNC. And we'll get into UNC uh, maybe uh, tomorrow or Thursday. But uh, USC, you had to put pressure on Slovis. If you let him sit back there, there might be uh, a possibility of getting beat. And I think that was a contributing factor too. So we were making it too easy for London on a lot of fronts. One is we were giving him so much cushion, but then USC also realized, hey, Slovis is getting pressured. We have to quick pass to London because the deep stuff isn't going to be there because Notre Dame's defense is getting in our quarterback's face. So what does USC do? They just keep throwing those quick stuff. Well, my feeling was, why not make that cushion a little bit smaller? Or, I don't know, just do something different, you know? And again, I realize it didn't burn us, but, I mean, how many times are you going to throw that grenade and hope it doesn't go off in your hand? I, I don't know how else to explain it. You know, I don't know that North Carolina has that guy. Josh Downs is pretty good. He could be. A player like that, you know, but that was the only gripe I had defensively was just the way we made it too easy for Drake London to get the ball in his hands. But on the opposite side, I'm watching it going, why can't we do that? Why can't we just pitch it out to, you know, uh, Austin or Lindsey or Styles, which we'll talk about. Uh, even Ty- well, Tyree's not healthy right now, but... You know, Kyron Williams. Just quick things to immediately put the ball in space in our best player's hands. USC was doing that. Luckily, it again, it didn't burn us, but I wasn't loving it in the moment. And the people that were saying, well, he's, he's the best player. You, just, you can't stop it. You just have to deal with it. Like, I don't understand. Like, if you guys keep getting punched in the face, don't you, like, put up your hands, move, Something, or you just sit there and let yourself get punched in the face over and over and over again until your nose breaks. That's what it felt like. We're just getting hit and hit and hit and hit. At what point is our nose going to break from the punches? And we got lucky. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. So, but uh, otherwise, the defense loved it. I really did. You know, like I said, the uh, the Bauer pick. And by the way, the Bauer pick. That's I I. I I know we police the quarterback position, and I'll talk about that further here in like 10 seconds, but on the Bauer pick, why are we not lining up the quarterback? How are we letting him make the tackle? I I know, again, 
I don't know how they're policing it these days. I don't see it enough to really know. But when I played, I I wasn't I'm, I'm five six one fifty five five for nothing hundred nothing. I wasn't the guy laying out the quarterback. I assure you of that. But I did play defense, and I do know the linebackers and D line. They couldn't wait for a pick because go find the quarterback. And here we are. We're letting the quarterback make the tackle. What are we doing? But apparently you can't hit the quarterback, J.D. Bertrand. What are you doing? What's wrong with you? With your with your perfect form tackle, with the ball still in his hand, but your screws in your chest or his chest, and you wrap him up and, and tackle him the way you've been taught since you probably put on pads and a helmet and you were probably like eight years old. What is wrong with you? What a ridiculously soft, Nancy, bullshit, F-my-life call that was. Or is that what we're doing now? You're literally telling J.D. Bertrand, hey, everything you did perfectly as you've been taught, for I don't know how many years you've been taught it, cut that shit out immediately. You almost hurt the quarterback. And he didn't even almost hurt him. It was football. It's football. And we're calling that roughing the passer. Like, I, I hate to say this, but I really wish J.D. Bertrand would have, like, just a, convinced me he was roughing the passer. If you're going to get called for it, you might as well rough him the fuck out. So next time that happens, J.D., don't put your screws in the chest like you're supposed to. Put your shoulder in his gut, pick him up, and fucking body slam him. And then look at the ref and go, I think that's roughing. We good? Okay. Because, like, if I'm... If I'm J.D. Bertrand, I, I'm i I'm confused. I'm angry. I'm like, okay, what did, what did I do wrong? I'm like, somebody help me. Because the next time I get called for roughing the passer, you better believe it's going to be roughing the passer. Like, the charges should be filed for the roughing the passer you're going to see in a second. Because that was nothing. It was so much nothing. I don't get it. Uh, hey. I don't know. And roughing the passer? Sure. Cool. But then we did avoid a targeting call, which was a good picking up of the flag. It wasn't targeting. Um, you know, and that, that was huge because it was a third down and it led to a missed field goal. So that was nice. But uh, I there's not much you can say about how the defense played. You know, they really did what you had to do. You had to hold a team that was averaging 32 points to 16. And that's going to win you football games. Especially when our offense looked like it had a, a life to it. It had a pulse. It was exciting. The only other thing we can say about the defense, and it's not just the only thing, but it's a big thing, is uh, Kyle Hamilton went down. On uh, just a, a weird play, just slipped in the grass, and it, I honestly, when I saw the replay, he was holding his knee. I'm like, that looked like a groin thing. Like it looked like he just did the splits, and that wasn't pleasant. But it was how his knee kind of bent, and I don't, we don't know what to expect. Uh, he is out for North Carolina, which that's all over Twitter now. And I put out a tweet like, we're super worried about that. I, I just. 
I'm not saying I'm not worried about it. Obviously, it's a big deal, but I don't think it's the end of the world. Like, oh my God, the the overreaction, I guess, is what I'm kind of commenting on. I, I I don't get it. We missed him for most of the game last year after a targeting call early, early in the first half. And we still beat North Carolina. And North Carolina is a worse team than they were last year. Now, and you could say North, Notre Dame's defense isn't as good as last year. And maybe there's some truth to that. But the fact of the matter is the guys replacing Hamilton played this past Saturday, did a pretty decent job. They played last year in place of Hamilton in North Carolina. They did a pretty decent job. Um, I like Foskey and MTA and Heinish and the Amandalola brothers and Riley Mills. And we still got J.D. Bertrand. Like The list of guys defensively that have made plays this year is pretty lengthy. And that's awesome. So, while sure, we don't have J.O.K. or Dalen Hayes or Ugandeji. Yes, those guys aren't there, but the guys that are playing now are doing a very fine job. I'm I'm happy with our defense. You know, as long as you're putting them in defensive formations that allow for success, we're successful. So I it sucks Hamilton's down. It's not great, but I don't think it's as big of a loss as it's being made out to be, um, at least in Twitter. So, you know, I no DJ Brown and Houston Griffith are not Kyle Hamilton, clearly. But <clears throat> I do think they possess enough skill to fill that role for a game or two. And I'll, I'll talk about that. You know, I'll talk about it now. If Hamilton doesn't go this week, he shouldn't go next week. Um, was it uh, Frankie V from uh, UHND? I believe that's where he's at. But um, he said as much. I was thinking the same thing. If Hamilton's out this week, even if he's good to go for Navy, Navy's not a good football team. But it's not even about how good or bad Navy's football team is. Um, that's a, a part of it. They're not good. We should be able to win regardless. <clears throat> But the style of football they play, someone with a, a knee situation, Navy is not the team you want to roll that dude out against, especially a guy like Kyle Hamilton. You don't need some fluky thing with some block or whatever. Uh, I just I just think it, Hamilton needs to be out. This week, obviously he is, and next week regardless. Whether he's 100% or not, you hope he's 100%. But I don't think bringing him back against Navy is uh, ideal given their style of offense. And they're not a good team. We should win with or without Kyle Hamilton. So defensively, that's something we can look at because I think that probably puts more pressure on the Clarence Lewis and Cam Hart and Tariq Bracey without Hamilton. But, but again... I, and I'm going to talk about it in the preview. Our defense rides and dies with the pressure we can get with our front four. And I haven't looked at it yet, but I imagine Sam Howell still being sacked a shit ton of times like he was last year because the same crappy offensive line came back. And I think it's still the same dudes. 
You know, you could argue, and I, I'm guilty of it. And you, <clears throat> I thought our offensive line would figure it out. Uh, they really haven't. It's getting better, but we've also moved some dudes around and found what works, what doesn't work, and we've I think we've got something to build upon. But I don't think North Carolina did any of that. They just rolled out with the same crappy five guys and went back to work, which is letting Sam Howell get sacked a bunch. You know. So I do look forward to talking and looking up and seeing what North Carolina has actually accomplished outside of their god-awful record despite their number seven preseason ranking. And I'm sorry, I'm, I'm uh, sprinkling the the North Carolina talk through this USC recap, but I I've been looking forward to this North Carolina game. I really have, cause God damn it. Anyway, another day, another day. Again, just keep keep up with me, guys. I'm getting there. <clears throat> so let's talk about our offense. I said USC's defense wasn't good, and we had an opportunity to expose their weaknesses and make ourselves look good. And we did, you know, and it's crazy real quick. They actually outgained us by the way, guys, like uh, USC had 428 yards of total offense to our 383 and the 420 seems like a lot, which it is. That's fair. That's, it's kind of a big number. They threw for 299 ran for 129. But again, it's like how they got their yards. Uh, they threw a pick deep in our, our territory. Uh, that was huge. <clears throat> that was created by pressure. It wasn't a bad, this I say bad decision, but we created that turnover. Um, they had a drive end in the ha- at the half uh, in our territory because of <laughs> god-awful clock management. That's still hilarious to me. You know, they came out looking like us. That was funny to me. USC. Like what you expected from Notre Dame is, oh, here we go. Cones under center. How many sacks you want to account for in the first couple drives and go nowhere and negative plays. And uh, that's what USC came out and did. I was, what the heck? This is what it looks like from the opposite side? And then we get the ball right back at midfield? Holy smokes. That was exciting. <clears throat> but, you know, offense looked better. Uh, our, our side. We came out. And did shout out to Fighting Irish Faithful. Was it Faithful underscore Irish on Twitter? Um, he listens to my show. I listen to his show. He he's got the Buck Wild. So if you see Buck Wild, that's all credit to Fighting Irish Faithful. But we kind of said the same thing, and a lot of you did. I know a lot on Twitter and other podcasts, you know. But uh, the small ones, we're trying to stick together, make friends, right? Up-tempo was the way to make Jack Cohn successful. I said it. I kept saying it. I said it some more. I said it some extra times. The one thing Cohn can do is run a two-minute-like style of offense. Now, does that mean you're going full balls-to-the-wall two-minute drill? No, not exactly. But you didn't have to do that to the fullest. You had to do exactly what we saw. A little bit of up-tempo stuff. Just a little bit of up-tempo stuff. And ta-da! The freaking sun was shining, and it was like, finally, you needed two weeks off to see it. That's what bugged me. Like it's it's being a Notre Dame fan is not easy. It's fun. I almost said it's not fun. It's fun. It's not easy. 
Because I've been seeing it for weeks. I'm sure others who are listening to this have seen it for weeks. You're like, okay, well, that's what Jack Cohn can do. Why don't we just do that? Then you, you come back from the next game. Well, okay, so Jack Cohn's good at that. Why don't we do that? And it's funny, you know, I, I thought about opening up this episode sarcastically. Like, tell me if you've heard this before. Notre Dame has a quarterback controversy yet again. Wait, no, we don't. No, we don't. It finally looks like what we wanted it to look like. But still, we're doing stupid stuff. Tommy Reese still playing bingo. I'm getting, he's still doing it. Because Cole comes out, looks great. Things are just humming along. Kyron Williams is a beast. We'll talk about it. I'll, I'll dedicate a few minutes just to talk about him coming up. Uh, and then Austin with another drop. Opening drive of the game, hits the kid at the top of the four as he's on a crossing route. Beautifully drawn up play. Could have been a touchdown. If he catches the ball, breaks one tackle, it's a touchdown. Instead, it's a drop uh, drop pass, and we miss the field goal. Because Dora can't make the 30-yarder, but he'll make the 50-yarder. Don't ask me how or why that is, but it's a thing. Quit it now, Dora. Just find a way to not do that. Or, how about this? How about you just catch the football and we score the touchdown? You don't have to worry about making or missing the field goal. But the takeaway was, despite the zero points, we looked good doing what I said we needed to do. I liked it. I was a fan. I said, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do that. And then bring in Buckner for your Buck Wild package in ideal certain situations you know Cohn's moving the ball then randomly Buckner comes in in the middle of the second drive uh runs a few plays and he's gone it, that was weird like why are we doing that it was again was there a bingo space that said if we play more than a quarter of a half without Tyler Buckner in the game I don't get my bingo space so you better he has to get in the game that way we can mark that one off I don't get it but I'm not doing the full bingo board because I do need to give Tommy Reese credit for coming up with great play designs, getting players involved, and adjusting the offense to what we needed to do. Now we just have to to mold it. It's it's still a little too many edges. We need to smooth it out. Too many edges, like bringing in Tyler Buckner for just just to put him in the game. I mean, I want to see him in the game too, but. Again, if Cone is doing what he's doing and it's working, keep doing that thing. We're still doing it. We're still doing the thing where, hey, this is working. It's working so well. We need to find a way to stop that from working just for a minute. I don't know why we stop our own momentum and shoot our own selves in our own foot. It's a weird thing, but it was a lot better. So I'm not too mad. You know, we drew up a, a screen pass. I said we should run more screens. We really didn't, but we did have a great one, and we just happened to miss one block. That would have been a touchdown. But we were running crossing routes. We had misdirection. A lot of this stuff I was saying that I wanted to see, we did. So that I can't I can't poke fun at too much fun at Tommy Reese and make a whole bingo board. Don't get me wrong. I was starting to make up some spaces and have some shit to put on a board. I'm, I'm not even being funny about it. Like, I was literally doing that. But I, 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 can't, I can't in good conscience take that 
joke and that bit further just because we finally saw the things that I was asking for. Again, we just got to smooth them out, okay? But we finally did it, you know? But then but then we just show up and it's like everything that was working, all of a sudden we, we forgot it for a second because Bo Barrow gets his huge pick and gets tackled by the quarterback. And I heard he got made fun of, and rightfully so. If anyone listening has ever played sports, specifically football, and you've ever watched film, and I don't care if it's whatever, but it doesn't matter. Quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end, defensively, a linebacker, a cornerback, a safety. If you ever get caught from behind, the entire film room will sit there. As it's happening, you just hear... Somebody just got sucked up every time, and that's what happened to Bo Barrow. And I'm so – that sucked. Again, block the quarterback. Light his ass up. We get the touchdown. But that's fine. We got first to go for the four. What could possibly go wrong? Jack Cohen's at quarterback. Why? That's what could go wrong. Why? Why, though? Like, that – if there were ever, like, a perfectly packaged – Buck Wild package for Tyler Buckner. It's first and goal from the fucking four-yard line. That kid runs the ball with a toughness that is probably only rivaled by Kyron Williams and maybe Sebo Flemister on the roster. Why not roll him out? Not roll him out as in a rollout pass play. Put him in the game and run the Tyler Buckner, Buck Wild offense Right there, four yards. Do you know with all the possibilities, the running possibility, like all of it? So no, what do we do? We roll out Jack Cone, first and goal, second and goal, nothing, third and goal. He has all day, all day. I was listening to a podcast where uh, I think Jack Cone finished his uh, graduate degree on that third down, and then decided to put the ball in the first row be, uh, out of the back of the end zone. Like what? And I it was sad because. I was watching the game, and I, I jot things down as I'm watching the game. And I was like, oh, back-to-back. I put back-to-back bad plays on first and second and goal. And then I had to go back and go, and back-to-back-to-back bad plays. I just, that, it's that weird thing. Again, was there a bingo space that said Jack Cohn needs to get a a, a goal-to-go drive and score or attempt to score a touchdown? I don't know what we were trying to accomplish there. But Tyler Buckner, that would have been exactly, I mean, you could not have drawn it up any better in a better situation for Tyler Buckner after a huge interception with a chance to stick it to Southern Cal, a team we do not like. We could have just, bah, pounded in and won up 14 nothing, And instead... We just take the field goal because we, I don't know. It was like, it, it was just a weird thing. But, but we just, we kept doing good things though. You know, I know I'm focusing on that little sequence, which wasn't great. You got to take advantage there. You know, we, we can't miss field goals. So it's 10 nothing at this point where it feels like it could have been 21 or at minimum 17. I felt like 17 should have been the minimum there. But whatever. Uh, 
Lorenzo Styles coming out party, guys. Like, it's it's here. Because I don't know if you saw. And if you did, cool. If not, I'll let you know. Our leading receiver for the game was Lorenzo Styles. Based on yardage. Uh, Kyron Williams had uh, six catches. Mayer had five. Styles only had three catches, but he had 57 yards receiving. And the screen pass... Loved, 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 loved it. Because he's he's got a Chris Tyree, Braden Lindsay quality. He's quick, he's fast, he's elusive. Just get the ball to him. As quickly as you can, just get it to him. He gets a couple blocks, he breaks the tackle, boom, up the sideline for like 20-something yards. Thank you. It's Guys, it, it's not that hard. We don't have to make it harder than it needs to be. You know? It, it, it doesn't have to be this long, extravagant, like, it can be that simple. Just simple things. But with Styles coming out, and you see how good Kyron is. So, Kyron Williams is, is amazing. That guy breaks at least one tackle every time he's get, he gets the football. And I'm sure if you guys saw, or if you haven't, go look up Pete Sampson's tweet. He's put out a, a still shot of Kyron Williams. It was on a third down. He caught a ball like <clears throat> a little, I don't even know how to, what, what do you want to call the route? I call it an angle route, but out of the backfield, kind of coming towards the middle, catches the ball. And there's just him and like six USC dudes, front, back, side, all around. And if you remember the play, he caught it, and I thought the same thing watching live, like, oh, shit. Then Kern, boom, quick spin, boom, first down. Quick spin, like a forceful, I'm going forward, you can't stop me mentality, boom, gets a first down. Like that, Just put the ball in his hands. You put it the ball in his hands, he still had seven yards to get the first down, and he got that plus like three more. So I don't know. It's again, it's not hard. And Michael Mayer, uh, still eh, too many short routes with him. I, I don't, it's just like he had five catches for 54 yards, average of 10 yards a reception. It's, I don't know, I'd say it's frustrating. It's just, I, he can do more than just be a, a five yard drag specialist and hope he breaks a couple tackles. In certain situations, I love it, don't get me wrong. But it feels it feels like that's all he's he's getting, you know. We need to find a way to get him down the middle. Uh, but again, you throw the ball to your weapons, and he's almost a for sure thing. He he rarely drops the ball. I know he's got a couple drops in his career, and even start this year at Florida State. I get it, but he is. A guy you can count on. You know, the way the USC threw it to Drake London, who I didn't even, uh, if you guys didn't see, I didn't even tell you. His, his final stats were 15 catches, 171 yards, on, I think 20 or 21 targets. So I guess we, we slowed him up in the second half because he was on pace for, for stupid numbers. But, um, you know, the rest of the, he had 15 of the 27 catches. You know, and... For us, Mayer, our, our number one guy, only had five of 20. So, again, we just distribute the ball a little bit better, 
a little differently. But when you have a guy like Mayer, you you can do you can attempt to do that. You just does it can it be deeper than five yards each time? Like you know, and that's something else. Uh, Cone statistically, twenty of twenty eight, one hundred eighty nine yards. So the yardage wasn't tremendous, but twenty of twenty eight. That's because he excels in the style of offense we've created now. That I really look forward to seeing for the next five games, where you're putting him in position to succeed. He looked great. He was getting the ball out quickly, going through his progressions. Boom, 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 boom. Literally, everything I've been saying that we need to see, like, we can do this. And there you go. We did it, and it was successful. He did have the one pick, and we're going to talk about that. That's another uh, I lost my voice moment. And not so much live. I'll be real. Live, it was kind of like, damn it. If he just throws it back shoulder, man, da 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 And then you watch the replay. Kevin Austin caught the fucking football with the, the guy, the defender's hands for USC. His hands were nowhere near the football. Kevin Austin catches on the guy's chest. Then he's like, oh, look at this. And then Bear hugs it. And somehow that's a catch. And they supposedly reviewed it. Go fuck yourself. You didn't review a damn thing. You can go to hell, Pac-12. Go back to the West Coast and fuck off with your we-reviewed-it bullshit. You're full of it. There's no way. There's no way you reviewed that and said, well, look at number four on the gold helmet. He caught that ball. And then who gives a shit what number he was wearing the red helmet? Um, he just like grabbed on for the ride, and then they said, interception. What? No. No, 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 no. If there was ever simultaneous possession... I mean, I don't even think that was it because Kevin Austin caught the ball first. But the call should have been simultaneous possession, Notre Dame ball. But what else is new? Referees are trash. That wasn't roughing the passer. That wasn't an interception. It's, I don't know. You know, but the only thing I didn't like offensively that, we have to fix is this playing not to lose mentality. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of seeing that crap. I'm over it. It's just put your foot on the gas and put a team the fuck away. Because we came out the second half, what, because we were winning? I Who cares? Yeah, we're, okay, we're, it's 24 to 3. Let's stop playing football now. Like, no, keep 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 going. Keep putting the team away because once you know it, before you knew it, it was 24 to 16. Why was that? Because we went back to our unimaginative, safe, don't play not to lose football. And it within there was that Austin pick, so I guess we did try to take one shot. But ultimately, it looked very different. It felt very different. It looked like the same crap we've been seeing that cost us the Cincinnati game and put us behind uh, the eight ball against Virginia Tech. So until we see that for a full game, I'm not totally sold on this is our new offense. We just need to keep doing it. Be aggressive. You know? I'm sure the cheerleaders are on the sidelines going, be aggressive, be aggressive. Well, fucking do it. It's not hard. Let's put teams away. 
just look impressive. We did look impressive, and then we stopped looking impressive because we stopped being aggressive, and we just play not to lose. Try playing to win. You play to win the game. You don't play to not lose. Like, you know, playing it safe isn't always the best thing to do. So quit playing it safe. Go out. Be aggressive. Keep doing what was working. Again, if it works, there's just do it. Do it until they stop it. Don't stop yourself. That's old. Just quit it. But I did like how we uh, we really got under USC skin at number 29. Uh, I hope you're listening from USC. You're a piece of shit. And I really wish, I really wish we would have just, I don't even care about the false start. Just stick it in the end zone again. You know, make the win look worse for USC. You want to throw a form to the back of Kyron Williams' head because he's been beating your ass all night? Go fuck yourself, 29. I don't know if you have a name. Don't care if you do. Number 29 from USC. You're an idiot. You're a piece of shit. And I, I, I'm i glad our boy Kyron is, is a smart kid and didn't retaliate. But, man, I would have liked to just score and then somehow like just get 29 just blasted. Just, you know, crack back, block, just light him the fuck up. Because... That was such a cheap, dirty play. But that's USC, man. That's what they do. That's what they do. So, and uh, and their fans were non-existent, at least for Twitter. I don't know what it looked like at the game, guys. Uh, I saw some pictures of, of you know people there, and I saw some USC fans in the background and so on. There were like two people uh, that commented at me about the USC fandom and I kind of want to be like, that's kind of my point. All two of you came after me. Ooh. I had more people coming after me from Toledo than USC. You know, like, their team sucks. They don't care. And that's fine. It's a rivalry. We know it's a rivalry. It's supposed to be a rivalry. But if they're not going to care, we're going to keep winning. And, you know, it's going to be like 19, how many we didn't get to? Yeah, be like uh, close to two thousand days since USC beat us. I don't care. Keep being USC. Keep doing your thing. We don't care. Go Irish. Another win, thirty-one sixteen. It was fun to watch. Like I said, there were some things we still need to smooth out. But because of what I saw on Saturday with the offense that I've been asking for, I feel so much better about the possibility of going 11-1 and one and just the trajectory of the rest of our season. Um, and real quick, before I end this, I don't know if 11-1 and one is college football playoff worthy. I have no idea what's going to happen. But my heart of hearts says, no, it's not worthy of college football playoff material for a number of reasons, but I'm going to put it bluntly. I don't think we're a college football playoff team. I don't think we're that good. Um, Maybe the next five weeks change my feeling on that, but where we stand right now, I wouldn't bet on us against Georgia or Alabama or Ohio State. I might bet bet on us against Oklahoma because they – 
I know we do the struggle win thing. We're good at the struggle win thing. But, man, Oklahoma is like, they're they're not even throwing the grenades. They're pulling the pin and holding it going. I hope this doesn't go off in my hand. Hope it's a dud. I mean, they're they are playing with fire like I've never seen before, and it's like week after week. And you could argue Notre Dame's kind of been doing the same, but at least you know, I feel like Oklahoma is trying everything. Notre Dame wasn't. That was an issue. We were not trying to be different offensively. Defensively, we were figuring our shit out, and we were changing and were improving and got better. We weren't doing anything offensively to really mix it up until we had to in-game when our backs were against the wall and we were losing. But Oklahoma is trying everything, and they're still they're still on the struggle bus. So that you know, But it, I just don't see Notre Dame right now as a college football playoff team, but that might be an okay thing. Let's go to a New Year's Six game against hopefully a formidable opponent where we can learn something and you know go from there. But we're only six and one. Let's let's not let's not talk too much. We still gotta get through <laughs> we gotta get through North Carolina. <laughs> oh man alive. This is the game I've been looking forward to guys. We're done with USC. We beat them. Fuck USC slash 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 and stab your own fucking self. Fuck USC. Go Irish. But on to North Carolina. And I have got a treat for when I do my North Carolina preview episode. Because they are a joke. They are a joke. They should have never been number seven. I said it. I said it in January. I said it. But... I said it with some very on-the-surface research. So then in May, I went all in on let me see what's up with North Carolina when I did a full season preview and went pretty in-depth. And uh, I learned a lot about North Carolina that they were had no business being ranked number seven. And as we see... Exactly why. Oh, and by the way, they're on a bye week. I'd, I'd talk about their last game, but there isn't one because they're on a bye week. What else is new? Everybody that plays Notre Dame is coming off of a bye week. <clears throat> and it's worked out swimmingly so far, except for one time Cincinnati caught us. And even that, if we played them again, I think we'd win. We figured out an offense, but we can't throw interception on the goal line and fumble kickoffs and all that kind of stuff. You can't beat ourselves, guys. You can't do it. I don't there's not a lot of teams that can make all those mistakes and, and win football games. So, but we're six and one. We beat USC because fuck USC on to North Carolina. And I'll be breaking out my preview episode in the coming days. Please, please, please tune in for that one. <clears throat> You'll enjoy it. I'm promising you that. So, Please, uh, if you're listening, you listen this far. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Find me on Twitter at Five Foot Nothing Pod. Hit me up on email Five Foot Nothing Pod at gmail.com. and give me five stars, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff. I I love the interaction. Keep it coming. 
This is fun. Until next time, five foot nothing, hundred nothing, outs.